Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. You know, it was awesome this morning. How many enjoyed this morning's message this morning? You know, you can bring forth a good word with, with joy and love and all that kind of stuff to make all the crooked paths straight in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. We, if you weren't here, we talked about character. Yes. Amen. A Christian character and how our character needs to improve all of us. Praise God. Amen. amen. It was a good word. Amen. And then, of course, you know, we found cuss words in the Bible. <laughs> There's cuss words in the Bible. Yeah, there's cuss. <laughs> yeah, along with the beer. That's right. Beer's in the Bible. That's right. Cuss words. You know, faithfulness. I mean, that's the F, that's the F bomb right there. Faithfulness, honesty. That's the H word right there. Praise God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Faithfulness and honesty. You know, cuss words in the Bible. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? I only got one scripture for this evening. Only one. You know, I, met him, I, you know, I always have a lot to say, whether people listen or not. But I still have a lot to say. Praise God. Amen. But I only got one scripture. So um, for the offering message, I only got one scripture too. So that means there's two scriptures. Praise God. Amen. The offering message is, Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. For with the same measure that you give, it will be measured back to you through the hands of men. Luke 6.38. Okay, so if you need an offering envelope, praise God, amen. (laughs) On the back of your chair, there's an offering envelope. Provision is made where the will of God is known. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Provision is made where the will of God is known. Amen. The ravens are coming. Hello, somebody. Come on now. The ravens. I mean... I like, I like, yeah, yeah, I like shooting things, but I don't want to shoot a raven because you never know. I mean, praise God. Hallelujah. Wasn't the praise an awesome? My God, the anointing and the, woo! Amen. It's good news, good news. It's good news. Are you all ready to give? One is. I'm, I'll wait until everybody says amen. I mean, if you're ready to give, say yay. All right. Are you all warm in here? Oh. No, this side's warm, this side's cold. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, it is a little cooler over here. Wow, this is amazing. I mean, hold on. Yeah, this is a little hot over here. Praise God. It's hot over here and it's cold over here. You know, oh, well, this is lukewarm right in the middle here. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you know. And some, you know, some of the quotes I get, get uh, I get like hundreds of likes on. And then there's some that are like 20 or 30, you know. <laughs> you know, I made the quote like, you know, I made the quote, you know, because I, I, I just get to meditating during the day, you know. And so if, I, if something comes to me, I just think, okay, let me post that, you know. So I posted, you know, I'm having trouble with the term backslidden Christian. Had, had, you know, I'm thinking backslidden Christian, backslidden Christian. And then I'm thinking, and then I go through the memory banks of the Bible, and I'm like, hmm, well, 
They weren't Christians in the Old Testament because Jesus hadn't died yet. So let me look in the New Testament. So I start going through like Matthew chapter 1, and then I go through the Gospels, and then I go through the epistles all the way to Revelation, and I can't actually find the term backslidden Christian. But I did find the term hot, cold, or lukewarm. Right? So I just post, I thought it was hot, cold, or lukewarm. And then I got to thinking like, okay, what is lukewarm? Well, if he said, I'd rather you be hot for me or cold for me, but if you're lukewarm, you make me vomit out of the mouth. So I thought to myself, okay, one is cold, ten is hot. Where would you say your relationship with God is? Right? So I'm, I'm just thinking. I mean, I, there's not enough room to write an entire dissertation on Facebook, even though people do. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> they write the whole counsel of God, you know, in this short little thing, you know, and then they, yeah. So I thought to myself, okay, wow. So I wonder if there's something to that about backslidden Christian. So if you're backslidden, that means you're like cold or lukewarm. Was that right? And maybe more so lukewarm because I'm just going to tell you right now, everybody on Facebook is on fire for Jesus. You ought to see all the quotes. I mean, it's some of the most wisest sayings I've ever seen, ever. You know, they even quote scriptures, you know, and hadn't been in church in six months. The most amazing thing. I can never figure that out. Man, just all these wise people, you know. So I just kind of wonder where everybody's at. Now, I'm sorry, that's just, I just think that way sometimes. You know, I just, you know, so maybe I get criticized for posting some things, you know. Um, but I think I'm going to keep doing it. Praise God, amen. Because, you know, that's good. You know, you know, you know and the other day, you know, somebody got all upset with me because I actually called them out on their cussing. It was one of them on fire Christians. They claimed to be hot. So how did you know they claim to be hot? Because every time I walk in, they're like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. So I'm thinking, you must be hot for God, because only on fire Christians shout hallelujah, amen, and glory to God, you know. I just don't understand it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they said this cuss word right in front of me. The most amazing. And, you know, it's the most amazing thing. Some places I walk into, every, they start puckering up. It's, it's amazing. They pucker where nobody should ever pucker. Praise God. I mean, everything just puckers up, you know. And they, they become instantly holy. And then, then, then they debate. They start debating you. on the Well, you know, cuss words, they're really just man-made words. And how do you know it's a cuss word unless you've been told it's a cuss word? And really, there's no cuss words in the Bible. I said, but yeah, they call them idle words. But the funny thing is, I couldn't actually get out my sentences because he wouldn't let me answer. Because maybe they don't like the answer until they say, oh, you're just judging me. And then I said, well, let God's word be our judge. I'm not judging you. Let God's word be our Well, there's no scriptures in the, in the Bible about cussing. I said, well, look, let me Google it. Cuss words in the Bible. Profanity, biblical profanity. What are some cuss words in the Bible? Faithfulness, honesty. Okay, so let me give you some verses here. Romans 3, 13 and 14. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. 
Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. James 1.26, if a person thinks that he's religious but can't control his tongue, he's fooling himself. That religion, it, person's religion is worthless. Ephesians 4.29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. Psalms 39.1, for Judith the choir, the director of Psalms, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. There's a lot on cuss words. And in our society, it's very acceptable, even among Christians. Yeah. A lot of scriptures. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. <laughs> That's very good. Matthew 12, 35 and 36, good people do good things that are, that are in them, but evil people do evil things that are in them. I can guarantee that on judgment day, people will have to give an account for every careless word they say. Yeah. Proverbs 4.24, remove perverse speech from your mouth. Keep diverse talk far from your lips. Matthew 15, 18, and 19, but whatever goes out of the mouth comes from within, and that what makes a person unclean. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, other sexual sins, stealing, lying, and cursing from within. Yeah. So, and then this, this gentleman decided to tell me that there weren't any scriptures in the Bible about it. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, please. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. We're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to be doers of the word. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 And it says, verse 16 and 17, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. The Amplified says, Be unceasing in prayer, praying with perseverance. Now, there are several kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of petition. There's the prayer of consecration. There's the prayer of faith. Okay? So he says here, pray with... Pray unceasingly. So what would that look like? Well, in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 4, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? Praying in other tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. So praying unceasingly is actually talking to God continuously. How many talk to God continuously throughout your day? Yeah. So therefore, you're in prayer. And that's what unceasing prayer is. You should always be cognizant of God's presence in your life. It's important. You should always be talking to Him. I'm constantly talking to the Lord. Now, there are times when I'll go into my prayer room and I may pray in the Holy Ghost for 45 minutes, or I may pray 10 minutes, or I may pray 5 minutes. Or, and when I get up in the morning, morning sometimes, I'll just go out in my front door and open up the door and tell the son I beat you up. Praise God, amen. I mean, didn't beat him up, but I mean, I beat you up. Praise God, amen. And I look at the moon and look at the stars and I say, Lord, I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing. So there's a constant communion with your father. There's something very interesting 
that I was meditating on, I think even this afternoon, and I was meditating on our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is everywhere because it's the Spirit of God. Not only is He everywhere, but He's also within us. So, because I've traveled extensively and still am traveling, I actually booked a couple more meetings, which is like really awesome. And so, I, after I got done ministering this morning, I noticed that Kayla Walton's family are very sensitive to the presence of God. Like, the Sneed family is very sensitive. Not that you guys aren't sensitive, but I've just kind of noticed, kind of give you an example, okay? So, I asked Kayla's mom when she was on the floor, I said, are there preachers in your family? She said, are my cousins, I have uncles, there seems to be a lot of... Yeah, and then I asked the aunt. I thought she's her. I said, "Who is that?" She said, "She's a saint." And I was like, "A saint?" I was Aunt Saint. Okay, praise God, Amen. So she really got touched, and and I was like, "What's happening to you?" She said, "God's touching me." And so I thought to myself, and I didn't even touch her, and she fell into the power of God. And matter of fact, when she tried to get up, it was almost like a wind was blowing her over. Did y'all see that? Right? There was a wind that was against her. Okay. So I got to meditating on that, and I'm thinking, okay, well, we've been in this building for four years, been in Plant City for nine years, this building for four. So prior to this building, I think there was a grocery store here at one time. There was an armory during the, the, during the World War II, and then I think um, Dan Rollerson, this was a CPA office. So when we took over the building, we began to saturate the building with God's presence through praise and worship in the Word of God. Hello. So this carpet, these walls, everything is saturated with the Word of God. Can you say amen? Amen. So because God's Spirit is everywhere and because we have prepared a place for Him to move with imperfect pastors and imperfect people, but He still moves. Isn't that amazing? Imagine that. God's still here. Ichabod or Michelob has not yet been written on the door. Praise God. Amen. Depending on how you're prophesying. Yeah, it's like the one lady got all upset with the leadership of the church and got all upset with people. And all of a sudden, she decided on a Sunday morning to, to give a run, die, shun, die, untell my bow tie, who shot the pecan down and drove away in my Hyundai. And there was supposed to be a tongue. And then the interpretation was, I'm upset with the people here in this church, and I'm upset with the letters, so therefore I've written Michelob on the door. She forgot it was Ichabod. Praise God, amen. But she said Michelob. That's a true story. They're saying, the Lord God, I'm all upset with the leadership of the church and the people in the church, and I've written Michelob on the door. You know what Ichabod means, right? The Lord hath departed. That's what that means. The Lord hath departed. Praise God. Amen. I will tell you this. You will be hard-pressed to find a ministry that does world missions, that has a Bible school, and allows the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation, and preaches the unadulterated word today. That is the absolute truth. And I'm not saying that we are the be-all, the end-all. That's just the vein that we're in because that is the lineage we come from. With all of our imperfections. There's imperfections, but there's no impurities. No flies in the ointment. Let me say that one more time. No Beelzebub's in the oil. Amen. So therefore, sometimes what you have to do is you have to continually pray without ceasing. It's constantly communing with the Lord. I like being in the safe zone. 
I'm serious. I like being in the safe zone. I like being accountable to my board. I like being accountable to my pastor. I like being accountable. I like it when these people that I've given permission to talk into my life tell me I like that. I'm not going to rebel against that. I will do that forever. Come on. I wonder if some ministers that don't have pastors, I wonder about that. Or they don't have accountability to anybody. That's greatly concerned. That concerns me. I see trouble on the horizon. Come on. So prayer, if you're in continual prayer, it keeps you in the safe zone. Can you say amen? And the best way to pray is pray in other tongues. Pray in the spirit. Because you're a spirit being. So when he says here, pray without ceasing, that means it's constant communion with your Father in heaven. And when you have constant communion with your Father in heaven, come on now, you know his voice, and the voice of strangers you will not follow. Can you say amen? Amen. So it's important that you continue to pray in the Holy Ghost. And if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, then you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you need to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost, especially in these last days. We are living in the last days. I told you this morning, remember, there's a 3,000-member church in Georgia, and they just put on staff a psychic. They put on staff a psychic. And the pastor himself is married to a man. And they run 3,000 people. See, don't tell me that we're not living in the last days. We are living in the last days. We are so living. And then I understand, I understood how people could be deceived. Because you know what? She, had, she probably was, had a legitimate gift. Hello. And probably the prophetess's ministry. Hello. And somehow, some way along in her life or whatever, she was led astray. And now she's entertaining familiar spirits. Because she actually even says, I talk to the dead loved ones of people and they communicate to me. And then people believe it's Almighty God. She actually says Jesus and she actually says God. I love Jesus and I love God. She says that. You got to read the article. I have, a rela- I have a relationship with Jesus and Jesus has given me this gift. But did you know that there can be another Jesus... The Apostle Paul was saying, if there's any other Jesus preached than the one that we preached. Did you know that? Did you know the Bible says that? Look that scripture up for me, Andrew. Another Jesus. Yeah. So here's the deal. Watch this. We have to be very careful that if we don't keep ourselves built up spiritually and we don't live by the word of God and apply the word of God to our lives. Come on, somebody. We too, even the elect can be deceived. Amen. We can be. All of us could fall into that deception, into thinking. That's the reason why it's the Word of God that will keep people sane. What is it? 2 Corinthians 11.4. Hold on. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than Jesus we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. So even the Apostle Paul dealt with that mess. That was one of the concerns of the, of the Apostle Paul is that when he went and established these churches, that false prophets and false apostles were coming in and they were preaching doctrines. Come on now. Putting people under Judaism. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. 
And he was concerned about that, and that was 2,000 years ago, close to it, 1,800 years ago, whatever. Yeah. So we have to continually build ourselves up. In, In the book of Jude, verse 20, it says, Beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, watch this, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So watch it. It builds your faith when you pray in tongues. Now, there's the difference between just your prayer language, come on somebody, and a gifts of the Spirit where there's a tongue and interpretation of tongue in a service. That's part of the gifts of the Spirit. But then there's also your own personal prayer language that God gives you. And actually, it's a heavenly language. And we know that when you pray in tongues, you are actually speaking the wonderful works of God because that's what it says in the book of Acts chapter 2. Because each one of them that heard those 120 speak said, we hear them speak in our tongues, what? The wonderful works of God. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So when you pray unceasingly and you commune with God unceasingly, it would be hard for you to get off track. Come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. And you know what? And ultimately, we will all have to stand before the throne of God. We do. And be held accountable. For what we said or didn't say, what we did, what we didn't do. Amen. So it's so important today that we stay on track. Because it's Satan's goal to get you off of God's purposes, plans, and pursuits. I think I put that on Facebook recently too. It's Satan's goal. It's Satan's goal to get you off of God's plans, purposes, and pursuits. So in these last days, we must stay built up. In these last days, we must be doers of the word and not hearers of the word only. We have to apply the scriptures to our lives. Every answer to every problem that you all ever have in your life is found in the word of God. If I had a choice between the word and the spirit, get me to tell you something. You might shock some of you, but I'd choose the word. Why? Because heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away, ever. And this is the foundation in which my life is built upon. And actually, this is what forms character. Come on, hello, somebody. But thank God I don't have to have a choice between the Word and the Spirit. I can have both. Did you know that this thing corrects me? <laughs> Imagine that. The Bible brings forth correction. What are you talking about? The Word and the Spirit will actually make every crooked path in your life straight if you allow it. Amen. He said, I'll make the crooked path straight. Did he not say that? So, okay, what's the crooked path? It's the person's life. It's the path they choose on what they're going to do, how they're going to walk, when they're going to walk. Amen. You have to understand that the way you leave a place is the way you're going to enter the next place. It is. The way you leave your job is the way you're going to bring it. The way you leave a church is the way you're going to bring it, what you're going to bring into the next church. The way you leave a marriage is the next marriage. You're going to. So the way you leave, the way, whatever it is, you're, so make sure it's on good ground. Hello, somebody. Make sure you do it right because you know what? We're going to reap what we sow. I mean, it may, not, it may not be every Friday, but sowing and reaping is coming. Reaping is coming. Amen. So what do you do? You just make some things right. If you've got to make things right with your family, you make things right with your family. If you've got to make some things right with your job, you've got to make some things right with your job. If you need to make things right with your pastor, you make things right with your pastor. You just make it right. Because that's the right thing to do. Pastors, if they need to make it right with their congregation members, they need to make it right. 
Because God is merciful and He's loving and He's forgiving. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? So it's so important that we continually pray and commune with God. It's important for today. But isn't it interesting, Noah was a preacher of righteousness according to the book of Hebrews, was he not? Yeah. He preached two things. One, righteousness or right standing with God. And two, rain is coming. Did he not? And nobody listened to him except for eight people. Eight people out of the population at that time. And he preached, he preached for how many years? 120. 100, man, isn't that symbolic? He preached for 120. <laughs> he preached for 120 years, only eight people. And the reason why it was eight people is because the number seven means completion, and the number eight means <laughs> new beginning. It means new beginning. So what did he do? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be when the Son of Man comes. So what does it look like today? What does the rapture, the catching away, or the flood look like today under New Testament? Let me show you what it looks like. The ark was symbolic of the church. And only eight people entered into the church. Oh, I'm going to give you some serious, hardcore revelation right now. Listen to this. The rain was physical rain in the Old Testament. The rain in the New Testament is spiritual rain. The flood, watch this, the flood came and washed away wicked people in the Old Testament. The ark, which was the church, was lifted up. The rain today is spiritual rain. The flood today is not going to wipe away wicked people. It's going to sweep in the ungodly. It's going to sweep in lost people. And then guess what's going to happen? That flood is going to take the church out of here called the rapture. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So you got to understand, there's that little bit of a spiritual difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. Isn't what the Old Testament says? New Testament's a little twerk, or a little tweak. I'm going to have an altar call right now. I'm having an altar call. Isn't it interesting? It's that millennial generation that thought that. Praise God. Amen, the millennials. The age of 25 to 41, they all went, ah, twerk, he said twerk. I meant to say tweak. Tweak. Don't nobody be twerking in here. Praise God, amen. My God, no. Don't do it. Don't. I lost my train of thought. Where was I? Praise God, amen. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a tweak in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was God inhabits the praises of his people, right? right? Old Testament. New Testament, it says God inhabits the people of praise. So there's a little adjustment between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So what's getting ready to happen? The message of Noah is being preached. And rain's being preached. Come on, can you really, I mean, come, right? You've, you've heard the preachers, right? Revival's coming, revival's coming. It's going to be the greatest harvest of souls ever. Well, what does that mean? 
The rain is coming. The new wine, the best wine. Go to the book of John chapter 2. Man, I'm on a roll tonight. Praise God. Amen. John chapter 2. We're going to give you another revelation here. John chapter 2. See, it's important that you continually pray. Pray without unceasing. That you're constantly communing with God. Did you know that when the trump sounds for the rapture, it's a spiritual ear that will hear it. It's not natural. So what does that mean? You've got to stay plugged in. Isn't that right? From the time of Jesus to the time now, how many years has it been? From the time of Jesus to now. 2,000 years, right? So from the time of Adam and Eve to the time that Jesus came, how many years was it? 4,000 years, right? Four plus two equals six, right? 2,000 years have already come by, right? Keep that in mind. A day with the Lord is like a? And a thousand years is like? John chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage. On the third day there was a marriage. How many years has it already been since the time of Jesus till now? 2019. 2019 years. Have we already entered into the third day? When the rapture takes place, what are we going to be doing for seven years? The wedding supper of the Lamb. For seven years. Not 7,000. It won't be 7,000 years. It'll be seven years. Seven year tribulation period. Did you know that? So we just entered into the third year. So I heard Ken Copeland many years ago say this. He said, we're on the verge. He said, he put both his hands together. He said, we're in that sliver of time right now where the 6,000 lease is up with Satan. And we're about to enter into a new millennium. And on the third day, there was a marriage in Canaan the Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what have I had to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. Now, that's a pretty bold statement to make to your mom. How many moms do we have in here? Can I see? How many moms have sons in here? Can I see? If your son ever said to you, after you asked him something, and he turned to you and said, woman, what? <laughs> I don't even want to say it. <laughs> woman, what do I have to do with thee? My hour's not. You wouldn't make it past the door, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't make it past woman, right? <laughs> who, who you calling woman, boy? <laughs> who you calling woman, boy? Woman, <laughs> just wouldn't go well with that firstborn son. <laughs> go well, wouldn't go well. And then all the other siblings are like, "Don't ever call mom woman." I'm just gonna tell you right now, just don't ever do it. It just won't go well with you. Yeah. He said, "Woman, watch this. 
What have I had to do thee? My hour is not yet come. Now, listen, I've heard theologians say this, that it wasn't time for Jesus to enter into his ministry, and it wasn't time for that because once he performed the first miracle, then he's actually starting his ministry and so on and so forth. I've actually heard theologians say that. So I asked the Holy Ghost. Did you know that the Holy Ghost knows everything? And he will tell you in line with Scripture. He's not going to lead you outside of Scripture. Okay? So what was really Jesus saying to his mother? Was he smarting off to her? Or did anything and everything that Jesus said have purpose? He had purpose, right? Yeah, anything and everything that he said particularly applied to either right now, I mean at the time he was alive, or a future event. Because he didn't speak idle words. So he says this, woman, my hour is not yet, what I have to do, my hour is not come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do it, do it. And there were set there six water pots of some after the manner of purifying of the Jews containing two to three forkins apiece. Those six water pots, why these six water pots contained 20 gallons. It was depending on the water pot, 20 to 50 gallons. Six times 20 equals 120. 120. We see 120 trumpeters and singers in Chronicles. We see 120 on the day of Pentecost. And then you have six water pots that contain 20 gallons of water each. A water pot is made up of what? Clay. Is that right? Clay and water. That's the makeup of the water pot. What are you made up of? Clay and water. You're a water pot. If you don't believe that, then you're really a mud pie. Praise God. Amen. You're either a mud pie or a water pot. Do y'all see this? Yes. Amen. Why did Jesus say, watch this, why did Jesus say, woman, what are they doing? My hour's not yet come. Where were they at? A wedding. What did Jesus have to do first before a wedding could come? And send the Holy Ghost. He had to send a, there, was, there, there was something that he needed to accomplish. You have to understand that Jesus always came from the perspective of heaven. We come from the perspective of earth, unless you're full of the Holy Ghost, so that you can have seen and have revelation. Okay, so this is the wedding. It's the third day. Hello? Third day wedding. It's been 4,000 years from Jesus. 2,000 now. It's been 6,000 years. Remember I told you anything that, anything that everything that Jesus said either had to pertain to the, the moment or future event. Woman, what do I do? The miles not you come. His mother said, whatever servants, tell me to do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the purifying of the firkin of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said, draw out now to the governor of the feast and they that bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that had been made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And said unto every man at the beginning, do us set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, and that's not being drunk, that's drinking it. When you've, you've had your fill of drinking. Then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of miracles. Jesus did a Canaan guy to manifest his glory and disciples believed him. 
So watch this. From the time of Adam and Eve to Jesus was 4,000 years. From the time of Jesus to now has been 2,000 years. Jesus here is actually showing you salvation and baptism of the Holy Ghost. No wonder there's such controversy about drinking wine in the body of Christ and Satan has perverted it. Right in this scripture right here, you see a wedding feast. You see the third day. You see, come on, you see Jesus saying, it's not my time yet. It's not my wedding. I'm not, it's not, I got to go do something first. Hello. Then you see water, which is symbolic of salvation. You got water pots made of clay and water. Hello. And then the water turns to Wine, hello, which is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. So you have the, you got, you got, what? Glory to God. You, you got Jesus coming soon for a wedding feast, and you got salvation, and you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here at this wedding. Amen. Yes, no, yeah, okay. Almost took off dancing in the Holy Ghost. Because I know we're scriptural people, so let's give me some more scripture. Hosea 6 2. Oh, you're going to like this scripture. You're going to so like this scripture. What does it say? Read it to me, Rhonda. I'll go back to John 2, 1. And the third day there was a marriage. Hosea 6.2, after two days he will revive us and in the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. John 2.1, and the third day there was a marriage. Second Peter 3.8. Second Peter 3.8. Read it, Rhonda. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So there are three scriptures right there that point to the fact of what I'm teaching you right now tonight is absolutely the truth. There's three solid scriptures because we interpret scripture with scripture. Any time spent in the Old Testament, you have to spend in the New Testament. So we are right on the verge. That's the reason why it's so important that you maintain your prayer life. You pray in the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. If Hosea 6.2 says, and after two days I will revive them, then what we've been preaching, there is the greatest revival that's about to take place that will sweep the world. It will flood the world. With the Spirit of God. If Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. 
So if he says, if Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes, then this is the message that God is trying to get people, especially in the church, to wake up to. But whether there are people who are listening or they're not listening. You're going to start hearing Holy Ghost preachers start preaching. I mean... I saw I, somebody posted on Facebook a list of like it was Brother Hagen, it was Steve Hill, it was some of these, right? And, and all these, you know, what's the guy that, um, you know, the, oh, which, David Wilkerson. All these guys, they're, they're voicing, they're voicing, they're voicing, they're voicing. Change is coming. Get ready, church. Get bri- the bride needs to be ready. The bride needs to be ready. Things are coming. Things are coming. Revival is coming. I think, I think it's Daniel Kalinda and Todd White and a bunch of all these other guys I guess up in Pensacola, Florida during the summer months are going to do you know, some kind of a revival kind of thing. To revi- Listen, the message is going forth. What's the message? It's the message of Noah. Righteousness and rain is coming. Rain is coming. Rain is coming. Get holy. Get righteous. Get back in the church. It's the ark. The catching away of the ark. Don't be outside the ark. Oh, hallelujah. Don't be outside the ark. Keep your oil lamps trimmed and your oil lamps full of oil. Don't run out of oil. Don't let the lamp go out. Man, I wish there was somebody I could preach to. Can you not see this? I think, what, what is it? be not ignorant of this one thing. A day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years. Anytime you see don't be ignorant, that means you better study it out. <laughs> Hello, somebody. <laughs> you better look it up, find out, talk to the Lord, talk to the Holy Ghost. What you trying to say? What you trying to say? Because I don't want to be ignorant. Amen. Come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. Be not ignorant of this one thing. Stay in the game. Don't fall out. Keep your heart right. Humility is your protection from deception. Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay in the Word. Stay in church. Stay, stay, stay. Keep going. Keep running your race. Running your course. Finish your race. Finish the course. Stay with the Word and the Spirit. There will be a day that the Word and the Spirit will be the prominent. It will be. It will be prominent. There will be days. Days upon days. People woulda, shoulda, coulda. I wish I shoulda, woulda, coulda. I wish I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Why does it have to wait until wish it should have could have before a course change needs to take place? Man, help us all. That's right. Help us all. Help us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Heaven is the ultimate destination, folks. This life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. So we have to, we have to keep trudging forward. And God's not, listen, God's not. Trying to take away your fun. Come on, hello somebody. He's not trying to take away people's fun. No, but he's trying to get them to a place. 
Come on now that we're, we're moving forward. We're winning souls. We're world missions. We're growing, changing. Do you not think that Satan will not give you opposition? Oh, he will. He's, he's not concerned with... I, Dr. Dufresne used to call this... This is what he used to say. This is Dr. Dufresne. He said this. He said these large churches, he called them flesh churches. I would say that that church in Atlanta, Georgia, or wherever it's at, with 3,000 members, where the pastor is a homosexual married to a man and just put a psychic on staff, that's probably a big-time flesh church. Hey, come do whatever you want. We, listen, we'll even play rock music for praise and worship. Praise God. Amen. Just come on. Do you know that there are atheist churches? I don't know how that can be. (laughs) How can you have an atheist church? I mean, they play secular music for... They ought to play (laughs) ACDC. I'm on the highway to hell! Because you're going to need the Doobie Brothers after that. Praise God. Amen. Doobie Brothers. What's that, what, what's that one song? Is it uh, Highway to Heaven, right? right? You play it backwards, it says, Want to Smoke Marijuana or something like that? Or, or something like that. Or no, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What? By Queen, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Another one bites the dust. You play that one backwards, it says, Want to Smoke Marijuana? called backwards masking. Look at these millennials. They're like, what? What are you talking about? What do you play backwards? <laughs> yeah, what are you playing backwards? <laughs> Another one bites the dust. You're going to have to smoke marijuana for that. Praise God. Amen. Just move to Colorado. It's legal there. Move to Colorado. So it's important. That you continue to pray. It's important that you continue to be built up, especially in these last days. Because people aren't making it. They're not making it. Can you say amen? amen? Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.